listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 283, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Ethical Bug. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm Morgan Stradling. And I am Chelsea Robson. And we are here to talk about the poos in boots. It's a brand new year. Look at us go. We're, We're talking back. about a movie from last year. Starting <laughs> it off right, you know? <laughs> but this was actually, I think this was the last movie that came out last year. So yes. I feel like I'm okay with that. At least I'm I'm still I mean, it was pretty- going right, right into Christmas break and we took some time off. And so it gave us time to see this movie, digest it, and have some thoughts on the movie, as well as audience reaction, how other people are thinking about this. This has been an interesting one to watch indeed. For sure. So stick around and we will be right back. Who is your favorite fearless hero? Who is your favorite fearless hero? Who's brave and ready for trouble? All right, so before we talk about the movie, let's set the stage. The studio, DreamWorks Animation, the director was Joel Crawford, who has directed quite a few things for DreamWorks. Most recently, he directed the Crudes sequel, The Crudes A New Age, just a few years ago. And I did not see that one, but I've actually heard it's pretty good. And the release date, December 21st, 2022, a $90 million budget, which can we just sit on that for a moment i mean considering some of these disney movies we've been talking about they're in the 150 175 range Mm. i feel like disney's pixar's that one they hover around this 175 mark so for this to come in basically half that pretty impressive um good on dreamworks for keeping their costs low and then finally you know what we all have been waiting for how did it make money did it make back its budget that's the the age-old question that I always have, and it made $251.1 million in the worldwide box office thus far. So this is this is mid-January when we are recording this, so it's been out just less than a month and done pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, you know, this has been kind of an underwhelming movie season. Let's go through and reasons why you may not have seen this movie already. One, you just weren't going to the movies. Mm-hmm. that's that's there's a those. big one <laughs> there's those people who just were like i just don't want to go and honestly that's when a lot of the movies were coming out over the over uh christmas it was like all of them just seemed very underwhelming to me and i was just like Ugh, i mm-hmm. i i got stuff to do mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so there's that and then also looking at it as this is the sequel to a movie that probably a lot of people never saw as well well, let's just not talk about it's not only a sequel, it's kind of a spin-off to an already very well established and maybe slightly overdone series at this point. This is mm-hmm. the sixth Shrek franchise film, if you will. 
So, I mean, if you were kind of over Shrek, you know, maybe during Shrek 3 in 2007 or even when Shrek 4 came out and you've, you've kind of said, no, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Which, I don't do that I quit. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could see how you didn't end up seeing this one. I personally, to give some context and for my review, you know, didn't see the first Puss in Boots film, um, you know, but I went into this one and I didn't feel that you needed to see it at all. Right. I did see the first Puss in Boots film, but I was very underwhelmed, mm-hmm. like very much so. I just remember we we got the art book for it and I had been blown away by the art book. Mm-hmm. But then I went in and actually watched Puss in Boots and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so boring. <laughs> that's uh, all I remember. I mean, if I were to go back, I wonder if I'd still if, you know, if that's how I would still feel, because I'm like, I don't even remember what it was about. I know you had the egg and you know, uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men. <laughs> like, I don't there's something about this whole thing. And I, I just like, ah, I don't even know. Well, so what made you want to go see this one after the fact? I mean, you already been kind of underwhelmed for the first one. You know, why did you rush or not rush, but why did you end up seeing the sequel? Because this wasn't on our list. It's one that I ended up seeing. We we had a press screening for it um, due to scheduling conflicts. I had an orchestra concert that I perform in. I wasn't able to do it. Chelsea wasn't able to do it. I ended up taking my kids during Christmas break as a way, just something fun to do. And, and then you ended up seeing it just recently. Yeah. So I, I was supposed to go to the press screening as well, but then I had some family stuff come up last minute. So I, I wasn't able to do it. And then I saw a lot of people on our Facebook patron group that were like, yo, this movie was amazing. And I was like, wow. Okay. And then some other people from my church were going to go. And so I was like, all right, I shall go as well. So I grabbed Marissa and I said, let's go. So first and foremost, everyone has been raving about this movie. I've seen, you know, reviews and videos saying this is the best movie. Everyone needs to go see it. And I didn't necessarily feel that way when I saw it. The whole patron group loved this. Reviews online are, you know, ecstatic for this movie. Everyone seems to love it. It's great. I went in and I thought it was good, but I wasn't, I didn't feel blown away like all of the reviews, I guess, that I had seen. Um, So I'm wondering like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I I did have, I think my viewing experience was maybe tainted a bit. I was really into it, but about an hour into it, my soon to be two-year-old wasn't quite so much. So I ended up having to be, you know, chase him up and down the aisles and there were other you know, people there and I didn't experience. Yeah. So we had to kind of like leave for a good portion of it. And I was kind of in and out and I was able to, you know, catch what, by that point, the plot had definitely progressed where I was able to understand what was going on and where this was all leading. But nonetheless, even that first like 60 minutes that I saw, well, I mean, it was longer than an hour and a half movie. That, that was another thing, but yeah, at least that first half that I saw was, I very much, liked but wasn't totally blown away so we'll talk about it for me i went out and like right before bed last night knowing that we would do this whole thing i I went and i tried to write down almost all the plot points of this movie and i got so tired (laughs) after a while Uh so i was like there was a lot of a lot of steps that had to go into this and to start out from just puss in boots 
to going from, okay, now he's on his last life and now building up the stakes and showing now that death is coming in, even though he thinks he's just a, a bounty hunter. If I were to give any critiques about this, it would just be that I was like, it was really slow move. There were a lot of steps. There was just a lot of right, things right. that happened. Uh-huh. That's, that's one of the things it, it starts out with, you have this intro, which I, I think since Disney redid their intro and we talked about it, I think we should talk about the DreamWorks intro. Ooh. It's basically a, if you haven't seen these movies, you should. <laughs> and I tend to agree. <laughs> so it goes, it starts off and it goes through this, like, you know, the, the fisherman boy, <laughs> he goes through it. The fisherman it starts off where you see like bad guys and then you see all of the movie, not all of the movies, but like a bunch of the movies going back, all of their flagship people, uh, mm-hmm. characters. And what were your thoughts on that? You think it was just too much? or I, like- I do think it was too much. It was like, okay, you, you got these franchises, you got trolls, you got Shrek, you got this. And it just felt off to me. Like it was very, you know, like the, the Disney one has these just subtle, you know, like moments that you recognize from other films, mm-hmm. but it doesn't totally distract you. Like it makes it kind of takes me out of the moment where I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, Kung Fu Panda, Shrek, this, uh-huh. that, you know, and where it's just like, I didn't need that. Like, I don't need you to remind me about all your other films and, and disrupt my viewing experience as I'm getting into the new movie. Like, I just I want to be set up for the new movie. That's why I like the intros where they basically, you know, it's it's the same, you know, he throws the fishing line and it goes down and sometimes they adapt it to the style or, you know, mm-hmm. if it's like a haunted thing, it's like a spooky vibe or whatever, you know, where it just subtly it's converted um, yeah. to fit, to fit the movie. I am watching the to current prepare, movie. to prepare the scene. And this uh-huh. one like took it out. It was like, oh yeah, DreamWorks land coming soon. That's, all, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, oh yeah, look at all these cool things we have. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it might be just a, because DreamWorks tends to get forgotten about, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're comparing it to Disney. And I look back and last year, the top movies on my list were DreamWorks. Yeah. As far as the things that came out, like there wasn't much better uh, as uh, Movies that I'm just like, wow, Bad Guys was really high on my pretty list. Pretty recent. Yeah. And it was all, it was pretty recent, but like you kind of end up forgetting about them. And so I think that's a good thing that they brought them back. They're like, hey, remember us? <laughs> we yeah. have good stuff. You should like us. Remember? I, I, that is something that I'm, I'm excited this year. We should. We haven't really discussed this, but I feel like we should go through and do a lot more DreamWorks countdowns. Oh, all right. focus more on them. Because okay. I don't, I, I feel like those are. They get kind of lost in the shuffle somehow, even though they're a very large studio with very quite, large, quite the catalog of films. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. You know, this movie is interesting because, you know, you know, Puss, as far as what he is, um, even if you don't know him too much, you don't need the full introduction of like how he got his boots or anything about his backstory you just here's a cat mm-hmm. he wears boots he has a hat he has a little accent and he fights bad guys cool move on and i think that alone whether you're familiar with the, even the fairy tale or him from shrek 2 and other shrek films or even the first one isn't necessary 
which is great for this movie. You know, you want it to be standalone. You want people to just come and enjoy it and just hear, hey, this is a great movie. Go see it. It, it, It's just a movie with a character, you know? So I thought that was good that that he is strong enough for character on his own that he doesn't need all of this backstory. Now, we do learn, you know, a little bit more about him as we go on. But, you know, we're... We we kind of ju- we jump right into it. We jump into the action scene, which is fun. Yeah, and I think they did a good job with with basically at the very beginning. It says this story is a fairy tale, and it just basically cuts off like it's fine. You, I know you haven't uh-huh, seen the uh-huh. other ones, or you don't really remember anything. It's fine. We're just starting brand new, brand brand new, fresh. You don't need to know anything. Yeah, and then go straight into intro to the star. And the legendary Poots in Boots. And he's got his own theme song and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he's making an appearance or I don't, I didn't quite understand like what the, like, okay, I, he's a thief. And so he's just doing a, a gathering at the governor's mansion without the government knowing. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. He's he just there. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I mean, There's a big party. There's a lot of people. It allows for a lot of commotion to happen. He you stepped know, for... on my face and we should <laughs> never wash it again. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the animation styling right at the first, just mm-hmm. because I felt like it was very pretty. And like when I watched the, or when I was looking at the first animation art book, I was just so drawn in to the animation style in the Puss in Boots, Puss in Boots boots <laughs> art book and I, this one was the same thing and you're looking at the people and how they're animated and they they definitely tried not to do it as a um as, like a perfection everyone still had kind of like an oil painting look like somebody just went in and overlaid an oil painting on top of this whole thing yeah there's definitely two main things that stand out to me about the animation. The one is just the general art style where it's definitely more painterly. We're kind of moving away from this, but not even photo realism, but just kind of this, I can't, I, it's kind of like cartoony photo realism. Like we, if that makes sense, like yeah. Disney and, and DreamWorks for a while, like they kept trying to push the technology in the two thousands and 2010s to get it as close to real life, I guess, as possible, you know, as while still kind of having a little bit of cartooniness to it, you know, yeah. you have Disney with the big char- big eyes and characters, and they definitely have that Disney look, but, you know, they, they, they want you to really feel this world, like feel the snow and, oh my gosh, the water, it looks so real. And I think the big moment in animation that changed this was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It yes. really changed the game where it made people realize we don't have to do that. You know, they uh-huh. had this, this comic book art style, this, um, you know, the way that the action scenes and certain scenes were done where it, it, they remove frames mm-hmm. from it, where it seems like a little bit more choppy versus the smooth realistic. And that movie did so well. And just, I think had such an impact on the industry. We see that here in Puss in Boots. And, you know, we also see it in the bad guys. The bad guys had a lot of that as well. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's it, uh that's that movie just totally changed the game for animation because now people are copying it. Like I see that style and I think Spider-Verse. Right. Which is fine, but not really because it, it kind of makes you feel like you're more of a copycat 
following a trend, like a, a very prominent trend versus, you know, creating one. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's what audiences like right now. And it's really cool and it's different. Um, we d- we really only saw it for action scenes in this movie. It wasn't uh-huh. 100% of the time we were seeing this like choppy frame rate, uh, you know, comic book action style. But when we did, it helped break things up and make it really cool. So we do see it at the very beginning during that fight. And then we see it throughout you know, as, as different fights progress, but then, you know, when there's more of these softer moments, you know, when they're in the, the cat refuge, <laughs> they don't constantly have you with that, which I think was good. Cause I think it can kind of be sensory overload because those frames are removed where it's very jarring and you kind of have to focus and pay attention. And, uh, it's just not what our eyes are used to. So it's good and bad for all those reasons. Yeah. Well, and when you when you compare it with bad guys, bad guys felt a lot more comic booky, which is what it was based on, right? And this one, I, the oil painting styling. I mean, I like, I really liked it, and I think, what or are they just trying to do it as a because it is a fairy tale? Does oil painting go in with fairy tales? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think yes. so. Yeah, from the era. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's true too. Uh, they're definitely looking at, there's a lot of Spanish influences as in Spain. And so they're trying to bring that in. And I really, I I loved that. Mm -hmm. So he wakes a sleeping giant. He wins this fight, but he sees that everybody's still there to applaud him. So he comes back and he says, Oh, we want more. Okay. How about a song? And then all of a sudden the bell falls on him. Uh, Kind of (laughs) a la Ernesto de la Cruz from Coco. Yeah. And I was like, was that a callback or is this just a trope that I've never like paid attention to Mm -hmm. (laughs) the bell killing off main characters? I don't know, but he did die. He ended his eighth life. Yeah. Which he had really taken up, taken for granted up until that point, you know, like, yeah, I got more and, and sure. Yeah. If you have continual lives, you can live on the edge. You can live on the wild side. But then when you're down to your last one, that's it. He really has mm-hmm. this existential crisis, if you will, where he's figuring out who, what he wants to do, how he's going to survive. Um, he really kind of becomes a shell of himself and he goes inward because now he's very, he's very protective of himself in that last life. And he comes and he meets this wolf character who's aware of this. And, you know, immediately targets him for that. And so he's constantly on the run trying to protect his last life, which, which normally is not him. You know, normally he's on, he's on the offensive and the the whole movie, it seems like he's on the defensive and he's trying to save what was lost. Uh, everything, all of his decisions are made out of fear, Mm -hmm. fear of, you know, this bounty hunter that every other person he's been able to defeat in a moment, but this, this wolf, Mm -hmm. Lobo, they he's, not able to defeat him at first. And so I loved his character. Mm-hmm. I thought I his too. design was so cool, you know, just very, you know, stylized. Then you have that painterly feel on top of it, but just those red eyes mm-hmm. and those two sides that he carries around. Yeah. It's very scary. <laughs> and then when you realize who he is later, that he is basically death, uh-huh. it makes a whole lot of sense. And just what a great villain. And there's quite a few villains in this movie, which is interesting, you know, that there's actually three main antagonists that keep puss on his toes. Yeah, there are. There's quite a bit that happens through this this time. I think that that setup was very needed. 
And something that I really appreciated about this movie is that all of the elements of story were there and were set up meticulously and with intention. And I feel like there's been a lot of movies I haven't seen that. And I was like, oh, wow, good job, story people. Mm -hmm. At the very end, I was like, oh, head of story, good job. You did a great job with this. (laughs) Yeah. And so it takes a while for us to really get going. Like you say, there's just a lot of hoops we have to jump through to really set up the stage. And I think sometimes it feels a little bit slow, you know, where he, he basically has this funeral to Puss in Boots, the character, and puts him to rest and then says, okay, well, I'm just gonna, you know, spend the rest of my days here at this little cat sanctuary, just being a cat. <laughs> and it's sad to see him become the shell of his, of his former self, where he is just a, a lap cat. And it's, it's and not even that. Like he's just one of the thousand. It's cats. pathetic, really. <laughs> uh, one of my friends, she was like, "I'm a really big cat person," and so I felt like they should have spent more time there. And I was like, "Oh what? no, I, I was good." <laughs> oh, I thought <laughs> they, they spent a little, a little too much time that, there. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I was like, "I got it. Okay, I needed. I feel like I needed a good montage during that time. Like, let's like throw a song in there. Montage, throw me a montage speed it song. up, <laughs> so I understand that okay, like a year has passed or X amount of time. I didn't need to sit there and and hang out to see that like." Yeah, it sucks. And he's pathetic. Okay. Uh-huh. I could have figured that out very quickly, you know, as the progression of his beard is growing over time. Sure. We should have right, done that. Right. Um, you know, we meet his new little friend, Perito. No, is, is it? Yeah, Perito. Um, Perito is what he ends up calling him. Oh, yeah. Uh, at yes. first, he's just the dog. Yes. Or be- the dog trying to pretend to be a cat in yes. order to get food. <laughs> And he's okay. Uh, Perito, he was a little annoying at the very first. I was like, okay, you're you're doing a good job of being the annoying mm-hmm. friend thing. And I understand why Puss does not like you. As the movie progresses and you get more of his story and the fact that he's still, he's just this happy little dude, but he's had like the worst time with people and not just people, but like all of his litter mates basically tried to drown him in, in a rock and everything. But he's like, but hey. Uh, they did not know that I was the one that ended up with a new sweater. So win-win. <laughs> Everyone's yep. like, uh, no. They they tried to kill you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? As a character, I felt like he was obviously very needed. Because he was the only one who's had it probably worse than everybody. And yet he's still happy. And he's just enjoying the fact that he has friends. And kind of adopting friends. Not even having friends like he's just saying i you shall be my squishy and you shall be mine my Mm -hmm. come here squishy you know it's like i've had people like that in my life and i've always very much appreciated it especially when i've had times in my life where i've been maybe less social uh last summer i had a, a friend who was from brazil she didn't speak any english and she came and through like a common friend she like called me or sent me a message on Instagram. It was like, hi, I'm, I'm visiting for the next month or so in Mesa, but I don't know anybody. Can we be friends? And I was like, 
uh, sure. <laughs> okay. That's bold. So it is. But I, I go over to her house and she like opens the door and gives me this giant hug. And it's like, I'm so happy to meet you. And I'm just like, I have a new friend. Okay. And we were, we, we hung out and we did stuff. And so like people that have that ability to even without having the, the guarantee that this per that their desires are going to be returned in full, they're still able to put themselves out there that much. I highly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I really liked him and, uh, he, yeah, so he's very much needed as far as a, a counter to all of the other characters who have a definite goal, but seem to have everything. And I think that's the main theme of this is the people who have everything and yet feel that they need more. And he's the only one that had nothing and was content mm -hmm. and like showing gratitude over something over anything else. Yeah. And I liked that. So one of the things that we get is in classic Shrek fashion, you know, they're taking these fairy tales and they're flipping them on their heads. And of course this is a Puss in Boots film within the Shrek universe. And so there's a few uh, favorites that you see here and there, but they don't really take center stage. You know, this is Shrek doesn't make an appearance. Um, you know, we, we don't see very many familiar characters. We're introduced to new fairy tales, which is, I think, pretty cool. The mm -hmm. main ones are basically Goldilocks and the Three Bears and then Little Jack Horner, mm -hmm. which was an interesting one. And so funny because my son, you know, every quarter in school, they have to recite a poem. And one of the ones he did was Little Jack Horner. So I'm very, very familiar. <laughs> Little Jack Horner's, Horner sat in his corner eating, you know. So, so the way that they flipped him and turned him into a villain and it was Big Jack Horner. It <laughs> 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 was great. I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. Um, he kind of gave me like Kingpin vibes from oh, yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> he was kind of gross, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like wouldn't wouldn't want to hang around. They threw in the ethical bug <laughs> as opposed to a Jiminy Cricket, you know? I'm just oh, yeah. the ethical bug. <laughs> yeah, so and funny. He's voiced by Kevin McCann, but it, he's Kevin McCann doing a Jimmy Stewart impress it, impression <laughs> from It's a Wonderful Life. And I like it. I mean, he's basically the counter to Jack Horner because he's always on his, he's like, no, I sit on your shoulder and I help you make ethical decisions. And he's just like, uh, yeah, I'll just kill these people. It's fine. I feel like you don't have, know the value of life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. And they, I like how also, I mean, they, they really turn because Goldilocks was never a villain to puss he was, she was more of a antagonist antagonist getting yeah. in the way because they were both kind of going after the same goal. Yeah. And they also wanted to, they, yes, they had the same goal, but she also wanted to hire him to help steal the map. So at first it was like, I'm, we have a, a proposition for you. So wanting to add him to her group, but instead mm -hmm. they ended up being on separate groups, going to the same thing. And I, I, out of all of the character developments, hers was actually my favorite because I actually cried at the end. I was like, oh, <laughs> Goldie. <laughs> Cute. And I remember how they were setting this whole thing up. And at the very, when she finally gets the map, 
like they well at the very beginning she's like we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna get our wishes and everything's gonna be better and we're gonna have a family crime ring and you could tell that they were that the bears were all into the family thing but she kind of wasn't and then when they get to their old home the mama bear coming in and being like and that's when we found you and everything became just right and I was like oh so sweet yeah. And so I could tell that they were building that up, but I wasn't exactly sure what they were building it up to because the map would change based on the person who was looking at it. And it would kind mm-hmm. of, I think it would, it was meant to kind of help each person decide that their life was fine the way it was mm-hmm. or how to get their actual wish. Like, cause it would actually read what their wish was. And so for her, it just took her back to nostalgia and into their old house and now uh, all the bears are all happy because they're like, oh, we're home. Good. <laughs> yeah. And then you, when it goes over to Puss, he gets sent into the Cave of Lost Souls. Mm-hmm. And where he gets to meet all of his former lives, which I thought was funny. I, I was a fan. Especially when, for whatever reason, I was like, that that uh, bodybuilder one, was that the one after Shrek 5 or Shrek 4? <laughs> <laughs> Where he's just like super fat cat. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. This was this was a portion of the film where I I saw parts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he ends up talking. He sees all of these past versions of himself, and so all eight of his lives are are there talking to him. And hey, remember you can be us. Like, aren't you so glad you can have your more lives back, and so you can be us again? And it's definitely the the more uh, self-centered version of him. And um, as this whole thing is gone, we've noticed that he used to have a, a love with Kitty, with Kitty soft paws. <laughs> and so now he's kind of going back and go with her and trying to decide what to do as far as her relation, their relationship. And I just felt like at, I don't want to go through every little plot point of this because I just feel like that's a lot, but it, every little plot point was used and was needed in order to give a full arc on both Goldie and puss and even kitty and Jack Horner, you know, he stays a horrible person. And I liked that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's the only one where he's like, oh, I had the worst life. I had parents who loved me and took care of me. And then also they gave me a, a thriving baker's t- fortune that I just, I, you know, but I don't have all the magic and I want it all for me. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciated it. And so when they finally get to the that last part where he is in the, the cave of souls and he meets up with the lobo again, and then he... Is like, oh no, I was doing so well with my friends, you know, team friendship. Then he sees the the Lobo again. And so he just starts running and he, he ends going back to fear, which mm-hmm. is a key point in having the trust element with Kitty. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get to the star. He's about to make his wish. And he is you know, having to make that decision again. And he gets encircled by flames with Lobo coming after him. Mm-hmm. And then his transition right there where Lobo's like, are all of your lives fa- flashing before your life? When it's really this life that is flashing before his life, not the <laughs> yeah. the others. And so he 
gets the courage to stand up for this life and saying, no, this is the one I want to keep. And, and I think also, you know, the Perito was like, oh, I've only ever had one life, but you know, at least I have you guys. So that makes everything worth it. You know, <laughs> it's just like doubling down on this life is what matters and not other chances. And as far as like messages from a movie, I'm like, I can 100% get behind this. I like it. <laughs> So, I mean, what about the music? The music, I felt like it was very well done as far as the score. I felt like it, it enhanced where it needed to and kind of was was down where it also let things kind of breathe. But then also the addition to different Spanish songs were really great. I loved I loved that. It was just it really it doubled down on the location and the the location and um, background of the main character being in Spain. So mm-hmm, I felt like mm-hmm. it was very appropriate. Yeah. And I would have not, I would not have liked it if they didn't. I would have thought like, that's a lost. There's so much music that you could have put in there. And they, they ended up did. They found some really great songs and great yeah, singers. You know, I don't really recall any particular being particularly moved by the soundtrack or the songs. Um, I remember that first one they were singing about basically his theme song, um, you know, so I don't know if that's a hit or miss. Sometimes it really takes a lot for me to really pay attention <laughs> yeah. to, you know, whether it's a great soundtrack or not, you know, I think, and I think that is the sign of a good, well, it could be a good or a bad, you know, the soundtrack mm-hmm. for me, I'm not sitting there listening to the soundtrack. It's just part of the movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this, the soundtrack right now. His song was actually quite catchy like i liked it the therapy dog since i liked um he was cute i mean the the more i go back and talk about these different characters the more i'm like oh yeah they did a good job with these so i'm mm-hmm. i'm a fan the score was done by uh Hector Pere- pereira don't Hector. do it Hector per- <laughs> Hector pereira <laughs> it's like you either have to do it like hundred percent perfect I know. every time or just don't even try. <laughs> just don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's harder too, because like, I'm, I'm also kind of translating from, from Portuguese. Or, uh, yeah. Which is not, which is not how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know that's not how it's done. I'm just used to it. So I'm like, I'm going to mess you up all, whatever I do. So I'm just going to not anyway, there's not a lot else to say without going through plot by plot, mm-hmm. plot point by plot point. And so I feel like we're we're good to just kind of rate it where you think. Yeah. What would you rate it? I would give this a solid four stars. It was very, the more I think about all the the plot points and how they kind of built it up and, and kind of brought it together, the more I appreciate each character. And also, like, it got me to cry at the end. So <laughs> obviously you're going to get it up higher. And uh, the whole thing, I just felt, it was like a good movie. I think because of how kind of all the, all the plot points and all the kind of moving around, it's going to be harder for me to, to remember as time goes on. But mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's one that I'm like, I, I believe I'll look back and be like, Oh yeah, I liked that movie. Mm-hmm. So four stars. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it three and a half stars and with a huge asterisk. Cause I feel like my viewing experience was really tainted you know, there's so much buildup at the beginning of this movie leading to this this kind of like ending scene. 
And once they kind of get to the dark forest, um, halfway through that is is when I, I get distracted, not on my own account, but because of others around me, literally running around, creating, running amok. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to take care of that situation. Um, and so I feel like I really missed out on connecting with the movie during that critical portion, the final act. Right, right. Um, which was kind of a bummer for me, but it is what it is. And that was my life. And, you know, I wasn't planning on reviewing it, but uh, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I liked enough of it, but I still felt like the part that I did see and focus on the beginning was a little slow. Um, I liked certain parts of it, but like the whole cat sanctuary just didn't do it for me for some reason. Like that mm-hmm. to me was kind of a low point, even though according to your friend, that was a high point, uh, which well, is interesting. And it's also supposed to be the low point oh, for, for sure. Him. And, and I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a low point because it's a low point for puss or in the movie. It's just, they spend too much time there. Yeah. Um, and I just don't dig it. I don't know. Yeah. There's too many cats or what, where I'm like, okay, let's yada yada this. Right. It seems obvious to me that he was going to eventually take back the Puss in Boots, you know, persona and get back into Mm -hmm. it. Um, So it seemed kind of inevitable. But one thing that I will say is I loved the art style. Um, I loved the action scenes, you know, with the jump cut, not jump cut, but the, uh, the reduced frame rate. Mm -hmm. It just felt cool and different. And um, but my, at the same time, I wonder how many more movies like this until it feels really old and we'll look back and it's like so dated. It's like, oh, all mm-hmm. the movies were doing that back back in the early 2020s, right? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this ages. Uh, would like to see it again. and But I'm really, really happy that this is done really well. It's going, you know, just went into its fourth weekend. And even though it's now available to rent, it's still doing phenomenally well, which I'm mm-hmm. excited for. And, you know, I, I want these movies to succeed. And I think at this point, would you say it's taking a risk to put out a sixth film in a franchise or a sequel from a movie 10 years ago? Um, well, the, the thing is they didn't go back to the, they, they only very slightly touched on Shrek. Mm-hmm. Like you had Gingy in there for a brief second mm-hmm. and but that's about it. Like, and then at the very, very end, we're like, uh, new adventures and some old friends as they mm-hmm. go and mm-hmm. they land in far, far away. Um, so I don't think so. I think it's more like, I don't know. It just, they kind of, they really tried to keep it as just a Puss in Boots film. Uh-huh. Like, so, and there's only really been one of those, so it doesn't feel necessarily like it's part of the Shrek world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would actually like to share some of the patrons reviews. So Jack song got on and he said, I had to drag myself to Puss in Boots. The last, the last wish, my goodness, this movie had no right to be that amazing. I can't (laughs) believe nobody is talking about this movie. It's incredible and probably has my favorite animated villain I've seen in a while. I'm honestly surprised and enthusiastic. I can't how, enthusiastic i came out of this jonathan north says i'm literally just leaving the theater now it is amazing i wasn't even going to go see it until i starting started hearing all of the positive buzz i'm so glad i decided to go rachel wagner said it was my favorite movie of 2022 yeah and um 
Yeah, so we just had so much positive buzz coming out of this movie, out of the, our patron community. So we'd love to hear more about it. If you'd also like to join with the patrons, on New Year's Eve, I was sick and was not able to go out. So I just said, yo, anybody want to hang out? And so we just got to hang out for like three hours with a couple people from the patron group. So join us, definitely. We'd love to have more people to in which to hang out with which That's all we have for today. Until next time, we We are are the Rotoscopers. Pick something. (laughs) I don't have that. I I just, (laughs) I don't know. The cat house. I will say, I told my friend, I was like, yeah, when I was turned 30, I basically decided that I was either going to get a dog or get my crazy cat lady, crazy cat lady starter kit, which is basically just a pregnant cat and make that my life. <laughs> she was like, is that the crazy cat, crazy cat lady starter kit? Just a pregnant cat? I'm like, to me, yes, <laughs> this will be my life. <laughs> don't do it, Chelsea. Don't do it. <laughs> Well, I decided to to go for the dog just because I needed somebody to go running with me. So nice. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.